Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer, this recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. This is Jacqueline here. And today I want to be talking about something a little bit controversial, but it is a huge piece of bulimia recovery. And when clients that I've seen fully understand this, when I fully understood this concept um, in my own recovery, and I've seen it with other people, that's when things start to change, it seems. Now, there, I'm oversimplifying things. Like there are so, there's so much that goes into bulimia recovery, and I know that. But this one concept can change your life in more ways than just recovery. It changes, it changed everything for me, changes things for my clients, people that I talk to. But first I wanted to share a review really quickly that I got on the podcast that I'm so grateful for. And I just wanted to say thank you and honor that. This person titled their review, A Wealth of Amazing Information. And they said, for anyone struggling with bulimia or binge eating disorder, I highly recommend this podcast. I have listened to Binge Breakers for several months now, and it has helped me immensely in my recovery. The tools that Jacqueline so generously shares have been pivotal in the recovery process. Her lived experience of bulimia and recovery give her specific insight into the complex nature of eating disorders and how to develop effective tools to recover. She is compassionate, insightful, and analytical, and she has a very a unique perspective towards a variety of topics. I always learn something new or I discover another way to look at something. This is for anyone looking to recover, especially those who don't have access to resources like therapy or coaching. Thank you, Jacqueline. Thank you for writing this review. I appreciate that. And I love what you said at the end there. Like that is part of the reason I do this podcast. And I don't think maybe people realize that, but I, of course, like I coach people, I have a course, like I'd love for you to join and work with me, but I also make this podcast that when I originally released this and what I still do, I know that I wish I had had this when I was going through recovery and I felt like no one was talking about these things. So that's why I put out the podcast. That's why I put out my content, the core reason I do it. So thank you to this person for all the kind words. And I'm so glad that's another reason I put out the podcast is because it helps people through the recovery, even if they don't talk to me at all or anything like that. So I'm so glad that my words and the podcast and experiences that I've shared has helped you get to the place that you're at. So to you out there, like, thank you. Love is being sent your way. For those of you guys out there that have had experiences with this podcast, you like it, um, you enjoy listening to it and it's helped you, please uh, give the podcast a rating and review. I would greatly appreciate it. It helps out the podcast so much and helps other people know if it's worthwhile to listen to or not. So thank you. Now onto the podcast episode. So like deep, breathe deeply. I'm going to be talking about choice. And a lot of people get really upset when I say the word choice or that you have a choice in bulimia recovery. And it is heated because people take that word and they make it mean that I'm saying you have a choice and it's all because of you and you were a terrible person because you're making poor choices. They almost make it mean that I'm blaming them for them having bulimia 
or for them staying in bulimia, which is not what I mean by that. So like for those of you guys that hear the word choice and you feel really um, angry towards that, that's okay. I understand where you're coming from. Like it's hard when you're going through bulimia and you're struggling with bulimia recovery and someone says you have a choice not to binge and purge, that feels really like you want to get defensive really quickly. You're like, it is so hard. How dare you just say I have a choice? Like it's that simple. Like, how could you just do that to me? Um, and I want you to just breathe. If you're feeling that way, it's okay. I'm going to explain why I say that and why it was pivotal to my recovery and could be so pivotal to yours, but I am in no way. I want to make this really clear. I am in no way blaming people for their bulimia, their eating disorders, whatever is going on in their life. And I am in no way saying that making a choice to stop binging and purging, making a choice to leave bulimia is an easy choice. It can be very simple but it isn't always easy. And I know that I feel your pain and I don't want to ever, um, downplay anyone's struggle. And I don't want to downplay anyone's, um, pain and agony that goes through bulimia recovery. So I know that. Uh, so what do I mean by choice? First of all, let's go into that. And I mean that, um, the core thing that I teach all my clients and my course members, uh, a foundational principle is that you don't have to binge and purge. You never have to. And I teach them that they have a choice in the matter, that when they feel that urgent, um, that urgency that comes along with the want to binge and purge, their heart is racing, their chest feels tight. Um, all they can think about is food and they have their hands hovering over the ice cream um, and they're, or they're about to get their keys to go to the store. When they're beating, their heart is beating out of their chest. I tell them, even though it feels that way, you don't have to do it. You have a choice. You can either choose to follow through with that, or you can choose not to. And so many people have told me by telling them this, it made them look at bulimia in a whole different way. A lot of people have told me that their best hope was to, you know, uh, survive with symptoms, like maybe keep it to a minimum. They said, um, a lot of them felt before talking to me, like they were just a victim to bulimia, that they had no choice in the matter that they just, whenever they had an urge, they had to follow through with it, that they had to do it. Um, and here's the thing you don't ever have to. And here's how I know, because a lot of people feel like bulimia, um, urges are uncontrollable. And that when you binge, you just have to, there's no, there's no way around it. You just kind of like the only way to get rid of that urge is to binge. But, um, and like when that happens, you were just out of control. There's no way of stopping it till it's over. You just have to follow through with it. But here's the thing. I looked at my own bulimia recovery. First of all, and looked at my own bulimia and I realized something really interesting. I never just freaked out one day and lost control in the middle of my uh, workday in front of my coworkers. Cause I had urges to binge throughout the day. I had urges to just dip out and leave. I had urges to quit my job, all these sorts of things. I didn't like where I was working, all that stuff. I never followed through with them. I never just like started screaming at my desk and took my coworker sandwiches, ate them and then purged in the bathroom with the door open. It wasn't like that. I was very calculated about when I binged and purged. I would always make sure that no one was home. I would make sure that I was alone. I would make sure it was during times when I would never get caught and that I did have time to do that. I protected 
bulimia, the secret that I had, and I made it possible for myself because if I had started, so I freaked out and had an urge and then followed through with it, uh, in front of my coworkers, I probably would have been fired or put on sick leave, right? At the very least, because that means that you just like, that means you have no impulse control whatsoever. And if that is the case for you, then something's wrong. Like, please seek medical attention immediately. Something's going on. It's not good, right? And you should seek help for that. But most of us, that is not the case. The case is we plan it. And even if it's not like you've been planning it, when you do know, hey, I'm going to binge, you always make sure it's not during a time where you're going to get caught. You do it very calculatedly. You do it in a way that nothing bad is going to happen from it, except for the binging and purging, right? Another thing to remember too, is that you've always had, there, there have been plenty of times in my life, and I'm sure in yours, where you could, you wanted to binge and purge, but you couldn't, right? And why didn't you, if you really wanted to, why didn't you just, if you had no choice in the matter, then why didn't you just go with it? Right. You calculated the risk. You were like, well, I want to, but I can't leave because maybe my kids are here. Maybe I don't want my partner to know I'm at work. I have a lot of things to do. I don't have time. You weighed the pros and cons and you decided not to binge and purge. And I know that sounds crazy, right? But when you slow it down, here's what I ask a lot of my clients, my course members, um, and I have group coaching in the course now. So I talk to them face-to-face -to -face too. And a lot of times people say, they'll come to me and they'll be like, Jacqueline was just out of control. It was crazy. I don't know what happened. And I'm like, whoa, 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 let's slow it down. I talk about the specific last time they binged. And I'm like, how exactly did it happen? And when we slow it down step-by-step, step, there's usually a moment where they decide I'm going to do it. And then they give up trying, they give up going for it. They have some sort of thought. Like um, my client was telling me earlier today, her thought was, it doesn't matter. That's the thought that she always feeds herself. Or another client is like, you're just going to binge and purge anyway. So why stop trying? Or why keep on trying? It's crazy. Like when you really break it down, you start to see my brain manipulates me into doing it anyway, but I never had to. It's about making those choices and making those decisions ahead of time, deciding ahead of time, I'm not going to binge no matter what the hell my brain offers me, no matter what my brain says in the moment, we're not going to listen. We're just not going to binge. And that's that choice. Now, again, that doesn't mean that because you have full control and if you're like having an epiphany right now, like, oh my God, I actually do have control. She's right. I never just flip out in front of my family. It's always in a very like private situation. Then you're like, well, if I have control, then I should just be able to handle anything, right? It's like, well, let's not like make the most difficult situations ever for ourselves, right? Let's try to take care of ourselves and make it so we don't have to make hard decisions all the time. You know, not keeping tons of binge foods in the house when you're initially trying to recover, probably a smart thing. It's probably going to like lead you to make better choices automatically, right? I'm all about making your life and your recovery as easy as possible. And that's an easy thing to do getting yourself enough sleep, self-care, all that sort of stuff. I had a consult with someone about two months ago, I think, not really sure, but she decided, uh, you know, I don't want to have coaching. Um, and we would parted our ways. And part of that reason was she has been through so many programs. She's been through the brain over binge program. She's been a psychotherapist, therapist, um, psychologist, and she's had coaches too in the past and like nothing has worked for her. And so she was really skeptical to take on another coach. 
And that is totally like, that's a common situation. A lot of clients that come to me, they've been through therapy. They have been through treatment centers. They've been through a lot of things and they, something clicks. And when they hear what I'm talking about, it resonates with them. And then they come to me and we talk with them, but this, this person wasn't so similar, but it seemed like she had tried almost everything in her mind. Right. And she was like, I just think we had a discussion during that consult. I was like, I think it's you you know, and I don't, she was really skeptical. She's like, well, I don't know if I want to hire another coach. Like, I really think what you're saying is unique and I want to try it, but I, I do think it's me. And I'm like, I hundred percent agree. It is you. And that's the thing. We always think it's going to be something else that helps us with our recovery. And I'm all, by all means, use all the tools that you can having a coach therapist, um, having a coach certainly helps because it helps you see your blind spots. It helps you see when your thinking's not quite right and you need to clean that up, but the core of it's still you. you know, I can never like with my clients, I can't be a fly on the wall and watch them 24 seven. Like they ultimately have to make those decisions. And so this person, she decided, no, I don't want to go with coaching. And she reached out to me this weekend, gave me an email and says, Jacqueline, I'm still binging and purging. I, and I really like, after being through all these programs, I'm still considering working with you, but I just, again, have that doubt of like, this is another coach. And I don't know, like, what makes you different? I asked her, or she asked me, she's like, what makes you different than all the coaches? And I, I said, I don't know, first of all, because I haven't been through those programs. I haven't been senior therapist. I wasn't there. So it'd be wrong of me to say that I know But I did say, here's the thing that I see with my clients that makes that makes all the progress. So when I see people start to make true, true progress in the recovery course and with my clients, and I saw this with myself is when they truly believe that it's possible. And when they truly believe that it's within them to make the choice, when they take full responsibility, that they have the power to make their own choices, they don't have to just feel an emotion and immediately react to it. They actually have control, which is what I help teach them. But like the, if you don't learn anything else from this podcast, telling you right here, right now, that when you feel that urge, know it in your bones that you do not have to feel that feeling and emotion instead. That is the core of everything that I teach. I teach a lot more things than that. But like, if you don't take anything away from that, what you need to know is that you don't have to binge. You have a choice. You can also walk away. You do not have to. And I told her this in email. I was like, when people know that they have the power, they get empowered. They start to believe, yeah, it's me. And I was just reading a study on the fact that believing that emo emotions are controllable actually leads to positive results in eating disorder um, recovery. There's still studying to be had on this. This is a very small study. Um, so like they're still figuring things out. It's not like set in stone. The study suggests that when people believe that their emotions are uncontrollable, that that leads to more negative outcomes with bulimia recovery. Because if you think about it logically, if you don't believe that you're in control, if you don't believe you can control your emotions, you're not going to even try. You're not, you're going to like say, I have an emotion. I have to react to it. I have to just go with it. I have to do this. I don't have a choice in the matter. I am a victim to bulimia. I have to binge and purge when that's never actually the case, which is crazy, right? Unless you are actually just like freaking out in the middle of the day and doing that without control, like in front of people, all this sort of stuff. And like you wanted to, and your hand just started moving without your even like ability to do so. That's a rare case. And again, please seek help immediately. However, 
I will, I'll read this plain English summary they had from the study that I will link below in the podcast. They said here, some people believe that they can control their emotions, while others believe that emotions are not changeable. Research into emotional controllability has found that be- believing emotions to be controllable is emotions to be controllable is linked to better abilities to regulate them and a higher well-being. We also know from other research that people with eating disorders have difficulties regulating their emotions. And I remember from a, being a small child that I hated feeling sad or taking advantage of. You know, I had these things in my childhood, sometimes like a very um, pleasant childhood compared to most. There are certain things that went on with my family dynamic that um, made me upset and I hated feeling that way. And I sometimes I felt like I was just a victim, couldn't control. I felt out of control. I felt small and weak because I couldn't help the situation. And I remember wanting to eat because of that. Or I remember wanting to just not feel that way. And to, I remember dreaming of a day when I was an adult and I didn't have to be emotional. I remember thinking that as a child, I was like, I want to be this woman who just has an amazing career and doesn't feel a thing and is completely numb. And I was my like perception as a child growing up. And I started to view people with that were more emotional as bad or poor control, or they were weak is what I really had built up in my head when really that just led me to suppressing my emotions. It led me to trying to pretend like I didn't have emotions, which led to where we are now. And then they also said later on in the study, they said, um, this is under the section of emotional regulation and emotional controllability. They said, emotion regulation is a form of self-regulation that influences which emotions we experience, when they occur, how they are experienced and how they are expressed. While there are many strategies for regulating emotions, cognitive reappraisal and expressive suppression have been, um, have received the most attention, cognitive reappraisal, changing the way one thinks about emotion, eliciting events has been hypothesized to protect against psychopathology and is generally considered an adaptive strategy while suppression, changing the way one behaviorally responds to an emotion is thought to be a maladaptive strategy that has been considered a risk factor to psychopathology. They say that believing that emotions are uncontrollable has been linked to experiencing more negative or uncontrollable has been linked to experiencing more negative emotions, greater depression, and lower levels of well-being. Our findings are important are important as they suggest pr- practical implications for improving eating disorder psychopathology by changing beliefs about emotional controllability. However, they are limited by the cross-sectional nature of the study, meaning we cannot imply causality. So yeah, there's still further research to be had, totally makes sense to me, but I do think that what they found during the study is so apparent that the core belief system of whether emotions are controllable or not, meaning do I have the ability to control my own emotions or not? Do I have to always react to my emotions or not? is definitely linked with eating disorder behavior, eating disorder success or not, which is something that I teach all the time. I'm so, so happy to find the study because it's like, if you don't believe that you're in control, if you don't believe you have a choice in the matter, if you don't believe that you can actually learn how to cope with your emotions and regulate your emotions, 
um, using effective strategies, then you're not even going to try. And you're going to make up justification after justification after justification for why you can't recover, right? And I, again, I'm not saying it's your fault. I am not saying that you're a terrible person because you're not doing this. None of that. Absolutely not. I would, that, no. What I'm saying is that it might be with your belief system that's causing a big issue within you. And if you could maybe look into your life and see, here is where I'm not necessarily taking responsibility. And if I did, what would that look like? How empowering would that be to know that you have full control? Like, just sit with that for a minute. Even if you don't believe me, just sit with it for a minute and say, if I had full control, well, what would that feel like? What different actions would I take? What would I think about? How would I react differently when I had an emotion? I think that's a huge one because a lot of times when people have urges, they freak out, right? They just are like, oh my God, the day is over. I had an urge. It's going to happen. There's no chance it's not going to happen. I already have failed and they haven't even done anything yet. I have to do this. There's no other way it's going to happen. Also, they'll then use, like I use justification all the time. Like it's just one more time. Uh, we kind of need this. We've had a long day, whatever. All sorts of thoughts rush into their head and they panic, right? And if they actually believed no matter what, that they actually were in control, you would probably not react so adversely or, um, you know, abnormally to the urge in your brain. And that's what I did, right? When I first was like, I first did a lot of work on myself before I even recovered. I was like, I need to stop treating myself like crap. So that's, I did a lot of that. I did a lot of self-work. And then I was like, I kind of don't like this bulimia thing. I really still want to get rid of it. I still keep doing it. I don't know why, but I knew that I was actually, I was like, okay, let's look into habits. And then I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm in control. Pretty sure I fully believe that. And that's why next time, and then I had talked to my coach about the pause method. And the next time I got an urge, I was like, I didn't freak out. I wasn't like, oh my God, it's a crisis. The worst thing that is going to happen is I binge and purge, which isn't the worst thing in the world. Yes, it's not healthy. Yes, it's not great, but I wasn't going to die. And I knew that and I knew I would be okay. So with that being said, I didn't have a meltdown. I was just like, this is what an urge feels like. I am in control and I want to pause because I know deep down, I never actually want to do this again. It always seems like I want to do it, but I never actually do. And that's what I try to really convince my clients of too, is it, is it like, sometimes they'll tell me I offer like 24 seven support. I sleep and eat. So I can't always get back to their decks, but I offer like phone support with my clients and they'll text me sometimes at nine o'clock and I know like, Jacqueline, I really want to binge. And I'm like, you don't want to binge or you would not be texting me right now. You would be binging. Stop telling yourself the lie. Stop believing your brain when you say it wants to binge. So you need to get really firm. You out there listening. Yeah. Really firm on the fact of like what it would feel like to have actual control and know how important this is to your recovery, to have belief that you can have a choice. Um, I was talking to someone, uh, I'm pretty sure she's going to be on the podcast soon, but she was saying, I was just told that like, I would have to live with this for a while and that, um, my recovery chances were really slim and you telling me that I had a choice changed everything for me. It made me realize that I could actually do something. It gave me hope, right? So don't take this as an insult. 
Don't take this as a shaming tactic. That is not what it is. It means that you are in control and it's a really good thing. No one, I would never want for things, obviously things are out of your control. Like I can't stop the world from having like a meteor crash into earth, right? I can't stop uh, my, and my friends from doing things that I don't want them to do, whatever. But you are in control of you. And I used to do this. I used to take it the opposite way. I kind of knew for a while that like I was in control of my actions, but then I made up the lie of like, I'm just a failure and I can't do those things. I'm just a fuck up. So like, I just continue doing shitty actions and um, that's who I am. So I knew that I kind of knew it was my control, but not really. I gave up my control by telling myself, when I took responsibility for things, it was like, it's me, but that's because I'm a horrible person. I just can't change. I'm just disgusting, right? Total self-loathing period. It was really terrible, but I, I don't want you to do that here. I want you to skip that part. I want you to see that like when you take control of things, it's a really powerful feeling. It feels like you have just taken on a new superpower. So when I say choice, it's again, not to shame you again, not to berate you to um, dismiss any of the struggles. Making that choice is hard, but the best um, advice I have for you on making that choice is get really clear on why you want to recover. What are the immediate reasons you don't want to binge and purge? A lot of people are like, I want to have a future and a family five years from now. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's great. That's a really important reason. But when you want to binge and purge at like 10 o'clock at night after after your partner's gone to bed and whatever, um, and you just really want those Oreos, what would motivate you to not binge and purge then? Like what would make you realize that you actually still care and that you actually don't want to binge and purge? Um, you have to basically have really clear whys on exactly the reason that you're walking through this fire, why you're making such a hard choice. Cause even though it's a choice, like it doesn't mean that it's easy. <laughs> it's a very, especially the first time it's hard. Right. And the hardest part about it is, is literally deciding that you're not going to do it. Um, because the confusion part the beforehand is hard where you go back and forth. You're like, maybe I should, no, I really shouldn't. Mm, there's still potential. We don't know what we're going to do, but the moment you say, no, let's just cut the drama, cut the crap, cut the confusion, this is what we're going to do. You get that relief. You get the immediate, like, now we know what's happening. We don't have to worry about it. This is what we're doing. Either choice you make, right? You binge, you have the relief of that. You say, no, you have the relief of that. You'll know you've made a decision when you get some instant relief. And then you're followed by either the rush of binging or you're followed by the disappointment and frustration of not getting to binge, right? Of saying no and holding true to that decision. <laughs> a lot of clients experience frustration the first time they do that. Um, I didn't seem to experience as much frustration just because I felt like I was really ready to give it up. And I still have had periods after that where I wanted to go back. It wasn't like I was fine. I stopped binging and purging and it was, I was good on that, but I definitely had periods where I wanted to go back to binging and purging. That's when I felt a bit more frustration, but initially I was just kind of like, I'm done. I don't want this in my life anymore. And if I have a choice, what the hell am I doing? Like, why do I keep coming back to this? It's ruining my life. It's making my life miserable. I have so much, so many better things to do. And I tell you this right now, you're like, I don't really know the reasons. 
life without bulimia, your mind is going to be so much more clear. You're going to be so much more there for life present, doing the things you want to do. You won't have this like leech on your back. That is bulimia sucking the, your brain power out by thinking about food and body weight and body checking. And, um, you know, what are you going to eat today? What are you not going to eat today? How is your, is, how is your health doing? You know, you're binging and purging a lot, all that sort of drama. It sucks. Like there are a million reasons to recover from bulimia. And I'm telling you, it's all worth it. You will feel so much better on the other side. Your life will not be perfect. My life had a lot of cleaning up to do after recovery, but it was well worth it. So I hope that this podcast has made sense. Um, All this to say, and that person that reached out to me, I told her, I think it's you and I would love to work with you. But the thing that I would ask you is, um, I like to ask my clients like freaky questions sometimes um, because it makes them think in a different way. And I said, um, if someone like, this is going to sound weird, so brace yourselves. So if someone were in your house and they were watching you all day and they said, if you binge, I'm going to cut off your pinky and they were dead serious. And like, you couldn't call the police. They were just there. That's how it is. And they, you, you, they couldn't get arrested either. It's just like the government for some reason says that's okay. Would you binge? You would not, right? And I asked, I asked a client this specifically, not the person that reached out to me. I said, how would you ensure that you, we were talking about overeating. I use this example. So I said, how would you ensure that you don't overeat? And she first was like, I mean, I just wouldn't overeat. I know I like my pinkies. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. But like, he's not like, he's there, but he's not like intimidating you all the time. He just has the shears like at his side and you still could accidentally overeat. So how would you ensure that that not happened? She listed off a whole bunch of action items she would do to ensure that she would not overeat, right? Emotionally overeat at least. So you could apply the same concept to you. If you think about like, how do I have control? And it's like, well, think about what you would do if you were in that situation, And you can come up with a whole list of reasons of how you would cope, right? So I hope that this podcast has made sense. And then hopefully it cuts some of that guilt too. having a choice in the matter. It's not a bad thing. It's a really good thing. You don't want to be in a situation where you have no choices. It sucks. I've been there before. And it really like you have choices in life, but you don't always have the choice that you want. Not saying that this is not a painful process, but I just want to empower you guys listening out there, especially the people that have been told that they can't recover or, um, the people I've had clients tell me that, um, their therapist had told them, we don't know how to help you. Like you might, you might just be a lost cause. Like it breaks my heart. Like, I can't imagine being told that, especially knowing, knowing what it's like. It, uh, I can't imagine being trying so hard, like being in treatment. And then someone telling me, like, I don't know how to help you. Like, that's just awful. Right. And so, I just want to empower you guys out there that you can make a difference, that you can recover from this. And it starts with you, of course, like, you know, get help wherever possible. You can check out my stuff. Go with, I think if you have a therapist of mine, go to them wherever, like just get some help, but it's going to start with you. And it's a magic combination when you're getting help from someone, you're getting that support system. And then you're also know that it's fully within your control. That's when like stuff gets real and it's so cool to watch people become empowered. So I'm not suggesting that you're like, well, screw getting help or anything like that. It's all up to me. You can recover your own, not trying to say that, but like, if you think you also need help, do it, but do it while taking full responsibility. 
take the responsibility to make the choice to get help from someone and be like, I want to do this and I want to do it with support and accountability. Doing things not alone, always better, right? Always helpful to have people on your side. Um, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say about this. So I know that that person also, she listens to the podcast to reach out to me, but I, she sent me another thing this morning in response to my question. She was like, I think you're right. So she's now going back over. Um, she's not going back over her original like brain over binge program, which I think is great. I'm sure that that program has a lot of excellent tools in there too. Uh, and she is going through the principles with the new mindset is what she said. she's like, I'm going through it with the mindset that it's me that I have the choice, that I can change things. And it's actually helping the information cement so much more, which is fantastic, right? I'm like, yes, that's awesome. I'm so happy she's able to take something she learned before and with just a tweak of belief, right? By changing her belief system makes all the difference, right? You don't have to upheaval your whole life. You don't have to change everything in order to recover. Actually, it could be some simple things with your thinking and your belief system, which is so, so cool. So I'm going to message her back. She wanted some more thoughts on things, but that's amazing, right? So I hope that this has inspired you and makes you feel empowered and makes you feel ready to take on the world because that's the kind of energy that you want to have during recovery. Get really solid on your whys, why you want to recover and get really solid and build evidence. Look in your life and see all the times where you do have control and don't beat yourself up over that. Take, like, get really happy about it. Be like, oh my God. I have the power. I have the power. You know, that like, what was it? It was on um, Bruce Almighty with Jim Carrey. I don't know that song, <laughs> but um, you guys will know what I'm talking about if you recognize it, but you have the power. It's so freaking cool and you will feel like a new human being. So excited. Um, I'll talk to you guys next week. Never give up on yourself, my friends. I promise you can recover and it all starts with you. Bye. Hey, if you like this episode, you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course.